Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. All right. Rachel LaFollette on the Rider Flex podcast. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for having me. Are you in Fort Collins or where are you today? I am. I'm in Fort Collins. Yep. I was, I grew up here, went to CSU and stuck around still here. <laughs> did you go to high school in Fort Collins? I did at Rocky. What, what, oh, really? Wow. Okay. So you, you, you've been here your whole life then. All right. Most of it. Yeah. I was actually born in Durango where my okay. parents had a llama packing business. Wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Very unique. Uh, but apparently that's a hard thing to do with an infant. <laughs> <laughs> go on multiple day backpacking trips. So I crushed their dreams and uh, we, mo <laughs> we moved to Fort Collins when I was, I don't know, 18 months or something and have been here ever since. What'd your folks do after that? Your mom and dad? Um, my dad worked at a machine shop here in Fort Collins. Um, my mom was working in an office until my brother was born. And yeah, my dad continued to work. It was kind of crazy. Actually, we moved here. My mom got pregnant with my brother. Um, she was then hit by a drunk driver when she was pregnant oh. one morning and, um, they thought everything was fine. Um, my brother was born and realized he had multiple issues. Not sure if it was from the accident or That's what, terrible. but yeah. Um, totally unexpected. Like I mean, of course, imaging and ultrasound wasn't then what it is now. Yeah. Um, so my mom quit her job. My dad continued to work for various machine shops, eventually becoming the general manager okay. of a machine shop in Greeley. Um, but my mom, you know, quit her job to take care of my brother and um, yeah, lived in Fort you, Collins. And your brother is he, how much younger? He's two years younger than me. So we're very close in age. Got you. Um, and did he, uh, do you mind me asking, um, um, like a full, full-time kid, like he can't be on his own. Does he still live with your parents? Or? Yeah, he still lives with my parents. Um, there's no one thing that he has, like, you can't say he has Down syndrome or he has, he has microcephaly. He has very severe scoliosis. He's almost completely deaf. Um, he has. <laughs> seizures very you know throughout his life um so Ooh. he just has all of these I mean medical things that were never really <laughs> like explainable or um and that you know during the first part of his life it was like every six months he'd get diagnosed with something else mm. he wasn't born deaf he just started losing his hearing at one point um and as a result of that you know my parents I mean, the medical bills were seven figure medical bills. You know, my parents struggled financially just due to probably always have probably still do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's very consuming. Mm. Um, he would mm. spend months down at children's, you know, I remember my mom living in the Ronald McDonald house um, 
and us going down there to see her and Brandon and mm. yeah, how, old is, how old is he now? He's 34 now. And your mom and your mom still takes care of him. Basically my mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Bless your mother. Wow. I know. Yes. Right. Like she's a saint. I mean, wow. Okay. They are yeah. for sure. Yeah. The, we learned after the fact that, I mean, it's pot, we don't know for sure, but my dad developed lymphoma and prostate cancer as a result of agent orange <laughs> exposure in Vietnam. Oh my gosh. So it's actual possibly connected to that. Um, that, you know, my dad being exposed to agent orange impacted my brother somehow, but we may, we'll, we'll probably never know. Um, wow. How's your dad doing with the prostate stuff? Um, he's, I mean, it's been several years worth of, you know, chemo radiation for the lymphoma and the prostate wow. cancer. Um, wow. but at the moment he's, I mean, good. Um, still, has, still working. Is he still working? No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when he went through, he went through just so much chemo that he just has neuropathy. And Damn, also- your par- your parents are tough. I mean, your parents are tough. Yes. Yeah. So, so when you meet people and are like, "Oh, I have problems in my life," you're like, "No, you don't. <laughs> no, like you don't." My mom. <laughs> dad, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me <laughs> let me introduce you to my parents. <laughs> you don't have any no. problem. Yeah. Oh. Wow. I mean, I don't know. That's one of the things that I always I like my parents are so just strong that you would never look at them and know like what's going on in the background. Right. Mm. Um, and so I don't know. And I don't like, you know, even in like coworkers or employees or whatever, you know, when they're going through a tough time, I mean, you, you just never know what someone has going on behind the scenes. Isn't that so, everybody, everybody has something. Yes. Absolutely. Something. There's always something behind the curtain. Yes. Whether it's financial, mental, physical, mm-hmm. family. Yeah. Oh, something. Everybody, yeah, everybody is battling something. Yes. <laughs> All the time. Um, the pain topic, you know, and I, I've, I've done podcast episodes on the, on this whole, you know, everybody's battling something, whatever it might be. Yeah. For me, um, personally, pain is the one thing like I can like I can deal with a lot of shit, you know, I mean, you can you can throw almost anything towards me, but I am a wimp when it comes to pain. Like if I'm in pain, I just I am not good. Like I'm not good. And I, I know as I get older, I'm, I'll be 55 this year. And as I get older, I have friends that are start, you know, or older people that are starting to develop whatever prostate or just whatever it might be yeah and then they're in pain every day and now they're having to take injections or they're taking pills and it's like oh shit i don't know i don't want to do that (laughs) 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 oh man well bless your parents okay so you that that obviously shaped your childhood in so many ways whether it's patience that you developed because you haven't you haven't because it would take a lot of patience to, to live in that situation um i mean man that must have shaped you i don't know i mean maybe even like okay what you know my brother has all these challenges so he gets the attention and i'm and i don't get attention. what i don't know what it did to you but i'm sure it shaped you in many ways yeah i mean i think i don't know it's interesting because i don't even think i really realized until i was an adult that that was like not normal or that yeah that it like wasn't 
I mean, my parents were so intentional about, I have another younger brother. So I have oh. so my brother with disabilities is two years younger than me. And I then see. I have another brother who's six years younger than me. I see. I see. And so, I mean, I think my parents were so worried that my younger youngest brother and I would feel sort of neglected because Brandon mm-hmm. did have need so much mm-hmm. attention that yes, they were yes. like very, very intentional about I see. like not yeah. letting us feel like we were mm-hmm. disadvantaged or neglected or like not a priority. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think the biggest thing that it did was I felt I I always wanted a really big family. I wanted lots of kids, but Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be underprepared in terms of like, if I had a family, I didn't want to have a family and not be financially stable Yeah. or, you know, because I saw like my parents were both very, very hardworking, educated, like, you know, stable up until this happens. And it's like, you know, that's out of your control. I mean, what are you going to do? Just let your right. kid die. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. It's a tough one. And mm. so mm. I was, and I also didn't have, I mean, my parents helped me as much as they could, but the financial, I, you know, I put myself through college for the most part. I, how much debt, how much debt did you come out with? Um, I mean, honestly, not much because I was working two or three jobs. I mean, I was working at least 40 hours a week all throughout college. Wow. And I, I didn't have any scholarships, but I mean, I would get grants where I could. Right. Um, and I mean, I, it took me, I was very fortunate coming out of college that I had a really, really good job, but it took me, I don't know, maybe 10 years to pay off my college debt. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that sounds about right. Yeah, I don't remember the, the dollar amount, but I'm actually like very thankful. I mean, if you, if I look at my friends, most of my friends that I had in college, right. They had a backup plan, which was mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like mom and dad were paying for college. Mom uh, and dad were helping them on their, you know, rent the car payment, their car payment. Like, yeah. They may have had like a summer job or, you know, like a part-time gig here or there, but like the amount I was, I was much more intentional about, I can't waste my time in these classes because like mm. I'm paying for this, right. It cost me five <laughs> grand if I have to take this class again yeah. or whatever. So it's like, yeah. I, That's and my crazy. husband and I have talked a lot about like, I'm, I don't think we're going to pay for our kids college. Yeah. 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 It you makes it, it, def- it definitely makes a difference. It, so, so you're married. I'm married. And how long have you been married? Uh, it'll be 13 years on the 11th. And I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile and I see three children. So I'm guessing there's three. Yes. I have a seven-year-old and then uh, twins who are three. <laughs> oh, oh, the tw- they're twins. Oh, okay. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. They, that was definitely a surprise. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um, oh, they're, they're beautiful. Uh, yes, they're let me, amazing. let me ask you, were you scared on your first child knowing what had happened with your brother? Were you guys, were, were you nervous? Um, no, I mean, I re- like I said, I really, really, really wanted a family, but I have PCOS. So it took us like five years to get Mira. I see. Um, so we battled infertility. I had a miscarriage. We had mm. Mira and mm. then didn't intend to wait four years between 
children. Um, but again, had a very hard time getting pregnant was actually in between fertility treatments when I got pregnant with the twins, because my husband had gone to Mexico for work. And this was when Zika was like a big deal. So they're like, don't get pregnant. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Like you can't get right. And, and Zika gives, was giving microcephaly, which is what my brother has. Mm. One of the things my brother has. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we were like, okay, yeah, you know, we'll, do the three month hiatus or whatever. And I got pregnant while we were like in between treatments. Mm, mm, mm. And so the, it was just like very exciting, but also like a little, you know, a little scary. And then we didn't find out till I was 11 weeks pregnant that I was having twins. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, and my, it was one of the, you know, my husband was in the room and it was just like, I was so excited because I was just like, yeah, was he oh was he was he in the room or he wasn't he was in, the in the room and he just he was. was like oh you know oh my god like it was just like <laughs> happening right now. So, yeah uh, how'd you guys, how'd you guys meet um just through friends in college he was neighbors with some people i worked with so yeah just do you remember the moment do you remember you saw him at like a party like you saw him across the room and you're like mm, I'm kind of yeah we always joke about so my friend mike was his neighbor and he had just gotten my husband had just gotten a puppy like this okay. little itty bitty 10 week old chocolate lab and he was out walking her and my friend mike saw the puppy and was like oh you know so cute like went over and was you know petting his dog shelby and was like hey do you want to come over to this barbecue mike we were having a barbecue and matt's like you know, sure, whatever, I'll, you know, come over. So we always joke that the dog got the guy. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Um, isn't isn't it interesting how life moves along these little turns left or right just make so much of a difference. I mean, if he hadn't walked the dog at that moment that day. Yeah, totally. Yeah. you You just never know. Yeah. And he's three years older than me. So, I mean, I don't think our paths would cross. Like he wasn't in school. Yeah. He was working at the time. He didn't. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, uh-huh. it was definitely sort of just a chance. You just never know. How, what's he do for a living? Um, he works for JBS, which is the largest protein company in the world. They own Swift. I see. Um, I see. So he is in their like business operations, business development. So whenever they want to stand up a new business. So for example, they had never done Italian meats before. Okay. Um, so they say, okay, we think we want to get into the Italian meats business. So my husband will go do all the research. What, you know, Uh what would it cost to build a plant? What is the, um, what is the market? You know, what, what would the cost be? I see all, all of those things. Right. And then he'll go through the process of actually standing up the business. Very good. Mm, so, very, sounds, sounds like I need to know him because he needs uh, Rider Flex's recruiting services. We need me. Yeah, we, right? we need to, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do as much hiring as he used to. He used to have a whole team. He used to do, he used to be over multiple businesses, packaging ingredients, oh. specifications, and did lots of hiring, but he's, he was ready to be out of that. So I gotcha. You've seen so many changes in Northern Colorado since you were growing up. I mean, holy cow. And right now with the explosion, you know, I live in Johnstown down here where, yep. you know, South Very of Sentara and it's just crazy, man. Yep. Wow. Right. I mean, when you were growing up, if you go to Fort Collins to Denver, it's like countryside, right? Absolutely. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my parents' <laughs> house used to be just surrounded by like horse fields and now it's <laughs> Nothing but you like it as a, as a, as a long-term 
you know, uh, resident in Colorado, do you like the growth or you wish it would stop? Um, I mean, I think it's a double-edged sword, right? I think there's benefits, but I also yeah. think that at some point you get too big, right? And you lose some of the open yes. spaces. You lose some of yes. the small town yes. feeling, right? So, I mean, I still love Fort Collins, obviously. I'm still here, but yeah, I mean, it's changed. It's a, it yeah. is. I, what I always tell my wife is like, I want my property value to continue to go up, but yeah. I don't want, but I don't want more people. <laughs> <But that's, laughs> yeah. uh, how do we do both? Can you do both? I don't think yeah. it's hard. It's hard to do. Yes. Absolutely. So, so what happens? You get out of school and your very first job is Madwire. Well, I mean, you, you've been there like 11 years. How long have you been there? I've been at Madwire for 10. 10 years. Um, wow. But yeah, I, so I worked all through college. I actually graduated high school early. I had a really couple rough years in high school and decided high school is not the place for me. So oh. I whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's, okay, hold on. I don't know if you're hear that story. But but. Ha- yeah, let's uh, give us um, some more. I mean, without got, going into too much detail, I was dating an older guy who okay. got into trouble with the law and ended up okay. in prison for six years. Were so, you, were you also arrested at some point? Oh, no, I had nothing to do with what happened, okay, but okay. Um, it was to, very, did you, I mean, like, did you have to like testify? I, I, um, yes. You were questioned. Uh, you were yes. questioned. <laughs> I, I did have my day. So, so, all right. For the listeners, Rachel just confessed yes. that she was hanging around a major drug dealer when she was in high school. Okay. Got <laughs> it. Got it. We got it. Drugs or oh, okay. Like that. It was, yeah, uh, okay. it was not, right. he was actually, I mean, it was, it was like a shock to everybody. It had nothing to do with drugs or Oh, and it was kind of crazy. It was probably you didn't you didn't know you didn't know he was a bad guy until like I he was not. Yeah, I he was not like a bad guy. He just got mixed up with the wrong people, which I think is a very valuable lesson. And um, there was, you know, I I think that you have to be very careful who you hang out with. Right. And get that right. right. You associate with and who you spend time with. What that kind of blew up that blew up some things for you in high school. With your it family, was very your public. Um, and um, I received a lot of gotcha. I don't want to say criticism, but even teachers, right? Were just very like really judgmental really? about that. I mean, I was still with him when he got sentenced, went away, yeah, and um, received a lot of, I guess. You know, kind of associated I, they're, they're trying to associate you with him like if he's yeah, bad you're bad kind of I, you know it was it's just hard right you're in high school like you're trying to figure out <laughs> who you are as a person and yeah you know, i think i think being a teenager honestly is like hard. one of the most difficult things in the world right like i, I think, think teenagers get a lot of yeah. black but in reality like it's very difficult to have your entire life ahead of you like there's all this pressure on Mm-hmm. Who are you going to be? What are you going to make of yourself? Right. Like, but you don't actually have control over your life. And <laughs> yep. um, so, yeah, I Meanwhile. mean, it's very difficult. I had, you know, and I just didn't receive the support that I think people should have, at least from the adults that were, you know, the teachers, mm-hmm. the principals, mm-hmm. whatever, the, uh, mm-hmm. like they weren't. Um, I got you. You know, yeah. how about your parents? It was how about like, your parents? Um, um Yeah. I mean, my parents were great. You know, they were concerned. Like it was definitely, I mean, you don't, I guess once your daughter dating a felon. Right. But, (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> yeah, your dad, you, was your dad like, uh, Rachel, what the hell are you doing? Was I mean, they knew him, right? They knew like they were, we dated for it, you know, all of this sort of happened while we were dating. So they knew him prior to all of this. And it was like, you know, he was a t-ball coach. Like he was, he was not like a bad person. So, I mean, I, it was hard for them. Like, I think they definitely, uh, straddled the line of like, we want to support you. We want to be here for you, but also like, this is very scary and like, what's going to happen. And we don't want this to define yeah. you or, you know, so all, all those that. things, but all I was, so, I, yeah, uh, I was done. I was ready to be done with high school. So, so what'd you do? Did you test it out? You, what'd you do? How'd you do that? Did you like- um, I just didn't have any off periods <laughs> and, you know, did as much as I could, took summer classes, like whatever. So I just was done early okay. um, and then All went right. to CSU. Cool. Got into, got into CSU. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. Worked my, I was actually a double major interior design and marketing um, nice. and thought that I would go into interior design, but as it turns out, I'm a terrible interior designer. So <laughs> <laughs> um i uh, love it but i, I uh, like i'm just not super talented um you got, but you got a job at Hewlett, you got a job at hewlett packard i did yeah so i was sort of working my way through college my junior year i took this class that was actually sponsored by honda through the college of business okay and honda um, it's through a company called Ed Venture Partners, which is like, it's a super cool concept for marketing students because you often don't get like this real world experience and what, you know, a marketing firm actually does. Mm-hmm. And I loved that marketing was so creative. It's a very um, resilient industry, right? Like as long as somebody wants to sell products or services or ideas, like marketers are always going to be needed. Yep. So I thought, okay, you know, I was taking this class and it was basically like a mock marketing agency where you actually had money from Honda and were advertising for the Honda coupe. Cool. Um, and so I got, I got like elected, isn't the right word, but the whole class voted on who they wanted to be like the CEO. Okay. That's cool. I'm not naturally like super, I mean, I, I ne- would have never like, Hey, I just want to be, you know, on the design team or whatever. Like that wasn't, but there was someone in my, in this class who I had had multiple classes with before. And he was like, Rachel would be perfect for this. And basically like convinced all these people in the class to like vote for Rachel. And I was just like, I don't know like that. I'm not like whatever, you know? <laughs> and, but it was a great experience for me because it's, it illustrates how very much little things can impact. Like I can look at my life and see a very direct kind of trail of breadcrumbs where Mm -hmm. it's like, I was Mm -hmm. team assignments, right? I was always super involved, always did my part or more, like never wanted to let anybody down. Right. And that led to this person saying, Rachel, this should be you. Right. And then at the end of the class, one of the local news agencies did a story about the class. And my professor told them, like, interview Rachel. They were going to interview him. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to. Like, that's way outside my comfort zone. Especially (laughs) because news, like, if you're being interviewed for a news segment, 
there is no like second take, right? Yeah, we'll there send you the no, we'll send like, you the draft. Like, we'll let you approve it. No, none no, of none of that. Right? Like, of that. You stand in front of the person interviewing you, right? And they ask you <laughs> who knows whatever questions, yeah. and then it's like you're, and that's it, right? Like it's airing as <laughs> yours. So I was just like terrified, right? I was just like, no. Uh, way. Good. But what's crazy is an executive from HP saw that interview. Oh, wow. The wow. marketing executive wow. and reached out to me and said, do you want an internship? And yes. I, yes. yeah, I was like, um, yes, please. So <laughs> I interned at HP and my, I, mm. I had finished my marketing degree and was still working on my interior design degree at this point. And they said, we'll offer you a full-time position. Like they basically made this full-time position for me, but I had to graduate. Is this, it was- is this when the building, the HP building was still open in Fort Collins? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Over yeah, there right. on Harmony. Yeah. 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 So they said, we'll hire you full-time, but you have to graduate. Right. Cause I mean, it's full-time. Okay. okay. And I was like, cool. Okay. Yes. And the boss that I had at the time was sort of like, had her eyes on retirement. Right. So she was very, mm-hmm. she just like imparted all of this responsibility and wisdom and like responsibility on me that I really probably should not have had as like a 21 year old. I mean, four mm-hmm. months after I got hired still as an intern, they sent me, did you ever watch orange County choppers uh, about the like motorcycle I think I did see a couple of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So they were one of our clients and I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know, 20 at this point, like not like not old enough to be um, like representing HP with celebrities. You know what I mean? But like four months after I got hired, my boss is like, Hey, you're going to New York and you're going to represent HP at this event for Orange Had had you been to New York? You hadn't even been to New York at that point. No, I mean, no, like what? <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm good. like, are you, I don't know. Like, this is not, are you serious right now? And she's like, you got this. You're like, you'll be, you'll be so great. Like, okay. So there were just so many things like that where she just, I think, that's great stuff. you know, was like, here you go. And then I got this full-time job at HP and it was an incredible job. I mean, I worked, I loved what I was doing. I worked with some insanely cool um, clients and got to travel. I mean, I worked with DreamWorks. I worked with Lady Gaga's stage team. Nice, I worked nice. with Formula One. Like there were all these just in, incredible, incredible experiences. But I, I was sort of feeling like, for one, I made the mistake of starting setting the precedent that I'd work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was getting, and especially doing events, right? You have this big buildup, which is a lot of what I was doing. Um, to these events. And I was, I was just burnt out. And one of the interns that I had worked with at HP had gone to Madwire. Oh, that's, I see. All right. All these little, all these little doorways and and turns. Yeah. Yeah. Breadcrumbs. They were hiring a marketing director and he came to me and was like, come to Madwire. Like you'll love it. And it was the little I mean, they had, you know, 50 employees at the time. They were <laughs> What's on- it, what, do we, what do you got now? 700, 600? Yeah, we made it to 600 at one point. I think we're now sitting at five something, but yeah. Okay. So, I mean, All I've right. seen it grow tenfold. Yeah. I mean, wow. But, All right. So you, you know, he said, come over here and it was a management position. So I was like, okay, okay you know, and everybody thought I was crazy because I'm leaving this insane, incredible, huge, giant company, huge job at, yeah, at HP. 
And, but I just, I loved that Madwire, I felt had more of a purpose than what I was doing. Okay. Like HP, it's, it's hard to see when you work for an organization that side, like what is the end impact that you're Mm -hmm. having, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Whereas at Madwire working with small businesses, I mean, your client, like you can see the impact you're making on them and their family and their businesses and their employees and their communities. Like you can see it. It's true. And I was very, very attracted to like, I want to make a difference. I want to have a bigger impact. And um, and that's great. You made the jump, you made the leap. And you I, I made as, the, I made the leap. Yeah. You and went in as director of marketing. Yes. Right. Yep. First, first leadership role. You had people first, under you. What? You had people under you, people that reported yes. to you. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Very good. And uh, what now was JB already helping his dad? Were they both there mm-hmm. at this time? Okay. They were both there. Yeah. And Jerry, um, who were sort of the main three people running it at the time. Gotcha. Still do. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a culture shock going from corporate oh. America. I mean, yes. you know, I was basically sat down at my seat day one and like, here's your team and here's all the angry people you should call and, <laughs> and good luck with that, you know, and it good was luck like, with that. Right, oh, can we, we just pause? <laughs> can we, can we just pause right there for a minute? So, you know, at Ryder Flex as a, as a recruiting firm, you know, our day job, so to speak, yeah, we're always very careful about putting a can moving a candidate from something like HP or Pepsi or something huge into a small company because we have seen that not work so many times, right? It's just, it's, as you know, as you experienced, it is a shock. Like it is a complete shock to your system. Yes. Um, Well, especially going from working with customers like DreamWorks to working with like Joe, Jerry Zotto, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) that is like a different demographic. Totally. (laughs) Uh, plus, plus you're going to work for a company that has 60 employees. And so you're, you're like, oh, yeah. where's the man, where's the manual? Where's the process? Where's the policy? And they're like, yeah, we don't have any of that. <laughs> it, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. Is it's like going from working with these huge corporations who almost probably have like too many processes and too many right. policies right. Too and many. whatever, too right. Many. To companies yeah. that are like, I mean, what do you mean you don't answer your phone? Right. <laughs> like they don't, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's definitely culture shock, but what's interesting is, is I think that I was able for one, like I really, and I think this is very important, right? When you're accepting a new position or looking for a new job, it's like find companies that you align with either with what they do, with what their company values are, because when it gets tough, right. And you are going through a challenge or, you know, with whatever, it's like having that fundamental alignment is very, very important. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was hard, right. Not going to lie. There have been lots of times where it's like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, what, (laughs) (laughs) what, Uh, but it's like, but I, but I love, I love so many things about working for Madwire and the way Joe and JB approach things. I mean, the fact that they don't require people to have degrees, for example, right? Like experience is more important than having a piece of paper that says I went to my classes, Mm -hmm. like those types of things to me, because I would much rather take, you know, hiring if I see that 
yeah, you have two degrees, but like you never worked a day in your life before graduating college. Like I would much rather take the person who didn't um, graduate. Right. But maybe worked several jobs. Like if, if I think there's any opportunity, any risk that I'm going to have to teach you how to adult, like that's going to be oh, I love that. a hard pass. <laughs> and it's like, uh, and that's true, right? Sometimes you get these, these. And so I think no matter, even if you don't need the money, right. In college, like experience is very important, even just from having like the perspective of how to operate within a work environment. And I love that. I'm going to use that line. If I have to teach you how to adult, <laughs> I'm taking that. I'm using that, Rachel. That yeah, is a I have good, a, I okay. That. I have a perfect illustration, a perfect story for this. So my okay. husband, also who did a lot of hiring and often out of college, came home one day and he's like, "You'll never believe what I got asked today." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no, what?" And my husband, who's very like, no, no, no nonsense kind of guy, right? Like, yeah. So he had hired this young woman out of college who had multiple degrees, very, very smart. Right. But hadn't really worked in college. And, um, she comes to him and says, when is our spring break? (laughs) And my husband's like, come again. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I mean like our spring break, like what week is our spring break? (laughs) Husband's like, you're kidding me. Right. Like, oh my gosh. Oh boy. I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, the struggle's real, I guess, right? <laughs> That's a rude awakening to get your first job and discover you don't get a spring break. <laughs> that is like uh I'm just like you. I you know, I'll take I'll take the soft skills, the people skills, the experience, the work ethic, the attitude, the energy. Absolutely. You know, I will take all of that over. Uh, you know, a MBA from, I don't know, whatever Stanford and maybe your, maybe your IQ test, your score on the IQ is super high. Okay. That's cool. I'm glad you're smart, but if you don't have any people skills, you don't have a good work ethic and you don't have life skills and you don't have soft skills. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Especially working for a company. I mean, we grew so fast Mm. that it, things are changing all the time. Right. So you have to be coachable. You have to be Mm. resilient. You have to be, you have to be able to move through the change curve relatively quickly Mm. and have that degree of confidence that like, that's fine. We're changing our product line. We're changing our whatever. And it's, it's cool, you know, like cool. But if you don't have that, like integral, Mm -hmm. just experience or confidence of like, I'm just going to roll with the punches and I got this and whatever. Right. It's very, very hard to work for a business that's growing so quickly. Yes. Yes. And I think a lot of your early life experiences prepared you to be a person that could pivot and move and change and adapt uh, because you did that early on. Right. And and so many different things in your life. uh, I think all of that. And then, and then you actually had the, the opportunity to work for a bigger company. So you could also, you also had that experience to go, okay, I know what it looks like to be down here bigger, but I've also experienced all these other things. And then together, I think it shaped you to be able to, to scale and grow with Madwire and, and do all the things you've done and move up and continue to get more responsibility. So, so you, you obviously kicked ass and did well because they continue to give you more and more and more. And right now you're the chief customer officer. Tell me, what is that? Give, give me the overview of 
that position? Give me, what does that what, what does that mean? Yeah. So if you think about like what a chief financial officer does for the finances for a business, right? They're like the voice of the finances on the executive uh-huh. team. Yeah. I'm responsible for doing that for our customer base, right? So okay. how are we communicating with customers? How are we um, you know, if a change is coming down the line, thinking through how is this going to impact our customers, right? Mm-hmm. And so I do all how of our that customers just, feeling, how are they feeling, yeah, how are they responding, right. so what are they commenting on? You know, like I run all of our customer loyalty programs, our customer satisfaction surveys, our online reputation. I do all of our customer service training. I mean, one of the, you know, I had a unique, I think, skill set coming into Madwire because I had worked with these very, very um, serious, big companies, right? Like I learned quick at HP. I had to be very professional. I had to be very prepared. I had like, you don't go into a meeting with the CEO of Intel, like not prepared. Right. <laughs> so, um, you only do that once, right. You do whatever you want on your last day. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> you want to keep your job, you go in prepared. So it's like, I, you know, and, and, um, there was no one else on the management team that had worked for corporate America. So I provided a unique perspective that was like, we want to, we want to get big. We want to grow. Like we need to, it's sort of like, you know, dress for the job you want, not for the job you have, Uh like, you know, put, put the scalability in place, put the processes in place. We need to act like we're a big company to be a big company. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I was able to bring that perspective to the customer service side where it was like your client facing you, you're, you show up prepared. Right. You're professional. You are courteous. You don't lose your temper. You, this is how an escalation call goes. Right. All of those things. Um, and yeah, I, some of it was time and place, right? Like I was, I was, yeah, but you proved yourself. Yeah. I mean, maybe some of it, but, but, but those times and places were there because of the path that you had built for yourself and the position that you put yourself in. And, and so you, you took advantage of the things that came your way and you were ready for it. So congratulations on that. How many people under you? How many people on your team? Um, well, my role has shifted. So like at the height of COVID, for example, we had like 120 directors and customer service reps that I was co-managing, um, which as you can imagine through the height of COVID was uh, emotionally taxing and, um, <laughs> you know, people management. I, Ooh, I absolutely man. love, like yeah. I'm very social. And honestly, I mean, I never started out my career and said, I want to be an executive or I want to be in management. Mm-hmm. Like my, have you heard of helpers high? No. So no. helpers high is basically like the research shows that when you help other people, you know, your body releases all of those good chemicals. Serotonin. That's why people like helping other people. And I've always been, I 100% like if I have a full day of meetings where I'm getting to coach people, you know, help somebody with an account or whatever, like those are the days that I love. And so I think that I just naturally gravitated towards leadership because I really, really loved helping people and teaching people things and mm-hmm. helping them succeed, which is what a lot of leadership should be. Right. It really, absolutely. I mean, once, once you move up high enough in a role, you're not tactically doing a bunch of things. You're really just 
leading and guiding and mentoring and teaching and coaching people and hiring yeah. people. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a people job. Once you move up yeah. high enough, it's, it's a people job. Right. Yeah. Um, um, sure. But my role over just probably the last year has, or two has tra- transitioned more to being able to do some of more the strategic Okay. Like good. What is our customer service or what does our mm. customer loyalty program look like? Right. Mm-hmm. What are, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. the return on that? Right. We're investing X amount in these programs and what is the retention of the accounts that have benefited from that versus the ones that haven't. Right. What is, what is our social media look like? Mm-hmm. How do mm-hmm. we boost mm-hmm. our customer? Are know, you so- over, are you, do you have uh, authority to tell marketing, Hey, this social media post sucks. Like change this. Or do, do, I do, work do, with do, the branding team and contribute to the okay. things that they're posting from a customer perspective. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But we have like an actual brand team who handles. But you can, you can be like, yeah, that doesn't, you can be like, Hey, I don't think we should do that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a collaboration, right? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, um, has, has JB ever posted anything? And you're like, JB, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. I mean, he's, he's pretty good about, I heard you did a podcast with him one time and you were asking yeah. him about, you know, CEOs that like post these things and you know, their PR team is just in the background. Like, Oh no, <laughs> he, <told me. laughs> he went on Twitter again, you know, like, or whatever it may be. But I mean, JD's always been very, you know, I he was careful. He was careful on our interview. I mean, he, he answered some some stuff that I was trying trying to get him on some on some uh, hot <laughs> topics, but uh, you know he was careful not to you know. And I think you should be as a yeah. I, I I personally believe as a C level executive, you you, you got to be somewhat careful, right? You don't want to. There's no right. reason to. There's no reason to piss off your your, your client base. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or alienate them, right? Or, or alienate them. them. By the way, speaking of that, I'm sure over time. Because you're you're technically in the service business for marketing, right? Just like we're in the service mm-hmm. business for recruiting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure over time you've had to quote fire clients. You've had to you've had to yeah. you know you've had to call them and say, "Hey, Johnny, uh, listen, thanks a lot, but we really don't we really don't want to work with you anymore." <laughs> yep. Do you get to place those phone calls? Have you done those? Yeah, and in fact, I mean, I think this is an illustration of be careful what you're good at. Because when I got hired, Joe and JB realized like I was very patient with people on the other crazy, end of the crazy customers, screaming, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> it was like, Oh, somebody's angry. Rachel's good with those. Right. You, you yeah. just, Rachel, you just here you go. Rachel, please and, take Mary. Please take, please talk to Mary. She's, she's going wacko on us. Just take yeah. care of it. So, um, I mean, there was a good portion, especially when our team got to the point where we had enough clients that you have a wide array, right. Of, situations oh, and personalities oh, yeah. to- and you know, all these things and yes, it's yes. like then you set them up with someone who maybe isn't a great personality fit or there's a miscommunication or there's a language yes, barrier yes. right all of these things happen all of it. and so there was a good chunk of time like two three four years where a good portion of my job was de-escalating clients and situations and you and know moving and moving personalities like, okay, this customer service rep yeah. matches this right. client better. And yeah. let me. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We do, this, um, we do, we do I mean, the same I, thing on the, on the recruiter side. Like we'll have, we'll have recruiters say, oh, I want to work on that account. And I'm like, well, here's the problem, Mary, your personality is like this. And I know the client and you guys aren't going to like each other. So no, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's not that people can't adjust, but if it's just a natural, if it's yes. naturally a good fit, it's just so much easier. So much easier. But so that is the good part about having a larger team, right? Is you have all these like different yeah. personality types and you can yes. sort of like, yes. you know, play, play this game. Chess, of, you're moving chess pieces. Yeah, exactly. Like you would be great with this person or this person has a, had experience in this industry before. This person is from Texas, right? So, and yes. they, you know, they would resonate really well with XYZ. Now see, let's take a, let's take a pause right there. That yeah. little, little stuff like that right there. You know, if you're listening to this episode and you're building any kind of, business where you have client facing people, especially maybe at the associate level, little shit like that matters. Like if you got, let's say you got Mary who works for you and she's from Texas and she's got a little bit of an accent and she grew up there and you got this other client over here, like you that, that is from Texas. You're not going to put the rep that grew up in Connecticut with the Texas client. Probably not. Right. Like it's right. just, because there's a there's an emotional there's an emotional cultural connection that happens with with human beings and and that will just make communication flow so much better. That little stuff matters. Maybe, maybe absolutely. It should, maybe it shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I used does. to have when it I does. hired somebody, I would sit down with them and I would say, "Where are you from? What are your hobbies?" What, you know what I mean? Like I would get this like full profile and then as new accounts would come in and I was assigning accounts to people, it'd be like, Hey, here are the four people who can take accounts today. Right. So I'm going to give this one to so-and-so I'm going to give this one to so-and-so. Right. Cause it was like, Hey, I want to give this, I want to give this customer the absolute best chance that I can at success, but also just enjoying working with my team. Right. Bingo. Love it. And so it's like, if, if we can, not that you know, there isn't everyone on my team that could do the job, but it's like, I want you yeah. to enjoy who you're working with. And love that, Rachel. Love so there that. There is some strategic. I love that. You know, I love alignment. that. I love that. As, and now what's the plan? Well, what's the, I know we're getting, <clears throat> I'm running, I'm running out of time here. You, you've done so well. You've done so well there. You've moved up. You've enjoyed your time there. You continue to get more responsibility, more pay. I hope JB's paying you well enough. I'll talk to him afterwards. <laughs> Uh, what do you want to do? I mean, what's the, what's the goal for Rachel now? Um, I mean, to be honest, my kids, I'm, we're not having any more kids. So, you know, my twins are three. Um, and I love the, for all the horrible things that happened during COVID, you know, I think one of the things that was really great is it gave us so much more flexibility working from home and all of these things that are honestly so important to parents. And, you know, prior to COVID, we were in the office from seven to four every day. So like when I went back from maternity leave, right. I'm handing my two newborns over to Mm -hmm. a nanny and I don't see them for 10 hours. Right. Like that's not ideal for any parent. I don't think, Mm -hmm. Um, but I absolutely love that since COVID we've just stayed flexible, right? It's like, if you want to come into the office, come into the office. If you want to work at home, work at home, right? If you want to be a hybrid, be a hybrid, which is what I do. I, you know, I'm in the office sometimes, but most of the time, I mean, my kids are at my mom's house two and a half days a week and they're here two and a half days a week. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I love when they're here, you know, I get to wander out and have lunch with them. Yes. Um, awesome. You know, somebody gets stung by a bee, like assuming I'm not on a call, I can wander out and <laughs> <laughs> try to do some triage, right? Those types of things. So it's like, I, you know, I, I like the nice thing about working for a company that's growing and changing is that 
you don't experience the same type of burnout that you would get at a corporation where you have the exact same job. True. Right? I mean, I've been in my current True. position for eight years. Yeah, but, but it's changed so but much. But it's changed yeah. significantly yeah. since day yeah. one, right? Like yeah. every year looks different. And I do think that even though I've had the same title for eight years, it's like I have had oh, the opportunity sense. to do lots of different things, right? And um, so I'm not, you know, for now, I love where I'm at. Like I, okay. I love that I get to spend time with my kids. I love that, That's you know, good. we have such an incredible team at Madwire and I, I still love what we do, right? I still love our mission of helping small businesses grow. And so I think someday, you know, I mean, who knows what the future holds, but for now, I'm just really enjoying okay. in the moment. And I think it's one, I think it's wonderful that JB and his dad have created this culture and you, the team has created this culture where you can work from home and be flexible and, and, you know, change it up a little bit because I, I actually believe, I firmly believe, Rachel, that at some point down the road, 10, 20, 30 years from now, I think we're going to look back as a, as a society and go, we used to make people drive to buildings just to open up a laptop and then drive home. Like, why were we doing that? I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think mean, there that, are benefits, right? There are benefits of being in office and physically yeah. being together, but it's not necessary five days a week. To, you no, know, hours a no, day. no, so, no, 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 no. So I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. So by the way, for the listeners, yes, let me just clarify here. Um, Madwire, Madwire, what does Madwire prefer? Do they prefer Madwire website, Marketing 360 website? Um, yeah, what so if you go to madwire.com, you can see all of our different brands. brands. So Marketing 360, which is our technology software solution for small businesses and franchises. You can see, you know, top rated local, which is a reputation management review site. You can see um, spacecraft, you can, so you can see our different brands on that site. Um, okay. I mean, I would say that's probably. Okay. And I want to, and I want to just say for the listeners that, uh, Riderflex, we, uh, a partner with Madwire and marketing 360, and they do a wonderful job for us. They've helped us not only with an awesome website, but with SEO, with top rated local, with reviews, um, super responsive, super helpful. Our client base has grown because of the relationship with Marketing 360, and JB uh, has been super kind to us. Uh, Brandon uh, over there at Marketing 360 has been super awesome. So I'm, I am a big fan, and in fact, Marketing 360 is a sponsor at the beginning of every RiderFlex podcast. That's how strongly we feel about it. So um, love what you guys are doing. Love it. Love what you guys are doing. Um, Rachel, I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I appreciate you sharing all the personal stuff, which I think helps the listeners just really relate to you, you know, as a human being. So thank you so much for, for doing that. I have one last question for you. Yeah. If you had to put your core purpose in life into a sentence or two, what would that sound like? Well, my faith is very important to me, but I think that if I think forward to me laying on my deathbed, hopefully a very long time from now, yeah. I will be happy with my life. If I've raised three children who are confident and have a heart for God. And very good. Very good. Are 
you know, make, can make their own way in the world. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what it's all about. Well, you're headed in the right direction. You're sure giving them a great example to follow. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Thanks for being on the show, Rachel. Appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me, Steve.